Good morning, ladies and gentlemen. You're tuned in to 98.3 The Vibe Special Edition, and this is The Image Show. My name's Robert Pate, and we've got a great guest on our show this morning. We thank you for joining us. With us by telephone is Michael Winfrey, Pastor Winfrey. He was here, uh, for those of you who were able to catch him at the Crump for Christ Youth Revival, uh, he was here. Pastor Winfrey, are you with us out there this morning? Pastor Winfrey, are you there? Yes, sir. I'm right here with you. Okay, great. Uh, First of all, let's just get started with uh, the things that were going on here in Des Moines when you were here, I think was a special, it was a special edition was what it was. Uh, Crump for Christ, the youth revival. Can you tell us a little bit about that and, and how it went? Uh, well, I was excited about the turnout. I was excited about the response from the youth. I wanted to give them a term uh, that they could relate to. They get crunk for everything else. And so I wanted to uh, share with them that they could also get crunk for Christ. And so I was really excited about uh, being back in my hometown, as well as the turnout, and as I said before, as well as the response from the youth. Yeah, it was a great response. In fact, I was able to attend on that Thursday. And I tell you, I mean, I walked in. I immediately felt the presence of God. I seen your mother sitting there. I seen your brother sitting there. And I seen all those kids up there. And I thought to myself, man, this is this is really special. I know that you don't get back to Des Moines often. And so I know that, uh, you know, all the memories, the old memories, looking at the streets. First of all, what do you think of Des Moines now when you come back here? Well, <laughs> uh, it, it, it's still Des Moines. Um, I think in a lot of ways it's gotten better on the outskirts or the particular places where they wanted to make it better. Uh, but in a lot of other places, I think that it's the same or worse than it was when I first left in the early 80s. Yeah, I agree. And uh, I also think that, uh, you know, it it's gotten better in a lot of ways. I think that also it's become more of a, I don't want to say major city, but if you think now, look at, you know, you got the 5 o'clock traffic now, you got the 8 o'clock traffic. I mean... You know, Des Moines, you see more homeless people out on the streets with, you know, homeless signs up looking for donations and stuff like that. Those were things that you've seen in bigger cities when we were young. Yes, sir. And in fact, I don't even remember seeing a homeless person when I was living there. Not to say that there weren't any homeless individuals there, but they were definitely not standing out on the corner, pattering and loitering uh, to receive funds. And so that was an eye opener for me to see. Uh, something of that stature happening in Des Moines. And, uh, you know, I just want to recap real quick. For those of you who have just joined us, Michael Winfrey served 17 years consecutively in federal prison. Uh, And he is now living in Texas. He's a pastor. He is from Des Moines, Iowa. He comes back to Des Moines uh, for certain programs and, and special events and, excuse me, to see his family. And we had the privilege of being with uh, Pastor Winfrey. Was it just two weeks ago? Uh, yes, it was. Oh, actually, uh, we spoke, I'm saying three weeks ago, possibly. And then the, the revival was on last week. Okay, so we had the, ple- the, the pleasure of uh, listening to your ministry. And for those that were able to attend, I, I wish I had some people here in the studio that could actually vouch for, you know, that revival. I think that 
it, it doesn't necessarily mean that a whole bunch of people have to be at a revival to make it special. In fact, there was still a nice little crowd there, but you know, I think that if there were more of the youth that knew about this revival and that felt comfortable and knew more about it. When I say about it, I mean really about it, you know, what it detailed. I think that there would have been more people there because you interacted with those uh, young men and women so well. And for minority status, I think that it was exceptional because we just don't find that around Iowa, around, you know, well, Des Moines, Iowa, for that matter. Uh, we, we don't see that around much. And so I have to take my hat off to you, man, for coming all the way down here, showing your love like that. And you did it in such an authentic way. You know, it wasn't about the money. You can tell that it wasn't about the fame, the glory. I mean, you did it for the heart. You did it from the spirit. And that's what stuck out to me. Well, uh, uh, Tate, uh, really, our youth are getting left behind all over, even here in Texas. It's like we set them to the side or we disregard their opinions, we disregard their spirituality, we disregard their input. And then God just laid it on my heart that we often say that they are the church of tomorrow. No, they are the church of right now. And so I believe that they need to be included in all that we do for the kingdom of Christ. And, and, and Jesus himself said that they are the greatest in the kingdom. And so I think we do them a disservice when we place them on the sidelines, when we set them on the bench and don't let them have an active part of what's going on in the service. I agree. Now, <clears throat> Pastor Winfrey, coming back to Des Moines, Iowa, what kind of thoughts go through your head when, when you come back to uh, Des Moines? Uh, well, I, I was actually truly excited. I was excited about coming back. Uh, number one, again, to be able to minister to God's people is always exciting to me. And then to return to your hometown, to, to be like Moses, who was uh, returned back to Egypt to bring some more folks up out of that situation. So I was excited about that. I even, my wife and I took a tour around and we went to the places that we grew up and took pictures, went to the schools uh, that we attended and graduated from and uh, took pictures of those and saw some friends from the past and a lot of individuals that are saved now. And so it was exciting for me overall. Well, that's great. And when is the next time you're coming back? Well, I'm not 100% sure, but I know that I was invited to come back on next year uh, to have a part two or another portion of a youth revival at Mount uh, Hebrew Missionary Baptist Church. So that was exciting for me. But we may slip back in there again if, uh, again, it would be for a special occasion or just to see family members. Well, that's great. Uh, we're going to keep you in touch with the Image Program, upcoming events, uh, other events that are going on in Des Moines. And if we are ever at a time where we can make the communication when you are here in town, I think that that would also be great uh, to have you in the studio and just to kind of uh, stay a little bit more connected. Uh, there's never too much God that you can get. So uh, you you definitely represent that. And so we appreciate that on the Image program, on the Image show. And so we are going to go to a commercial break. Uh, Mr. Winfrey, I really appreciate your time. And again, I, we appreciate everything that you do for the ministry and for the uh, youth uh, all over the country for that matter. 
Well, thank you so much, Brother Pate. I, I appreciate the opportunity to be able to speak to you and your listening audience. Again, it was an exciting time for me. I'm excited about the youth that came forth, and I'm just looking forward to uh, other ventures that we can do together Amen. to enhance the kingdom and enhance the image of Des Moines. Iowa itself. All right. Hey, thanks a lot. I'll be in touch. We're going to go to a commercial. We'll be back after these messages. And we're back on The Image Show. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, you're tuned in to special edition Image Show on 98.3 The Vibe. Now, we've spoke with Michael Winfrey uh, in our last break, and I take my hat off again to that guy because he's done a lot of great things. I mean, to see somebody who spent 17 years in prison, get out and start a ministry and stay 100% dedicated to it and watch him just continue to climb and rise. I mean, that's exciting to me. That's what the image program is about. And uh, that's just one of the avenues that uh, we like to to share with our listeners out there. So I'm going to talk just a little bit about myself. I want to recap a little bit about the image program, uh, what it's about, uh, where it originated from, and so forth. So uh, the image First of all, the name image, it stands for Inmate Movement Against Gang Evolution. Okay, so for those of you who didn't know what the word image stood for, now you know. Inmate Movement Against Gang Evolution, and it originated in prison in the Iowa Department of Corrections at North Central Correctional Facility in Rockwell City, Iowa. And I, Robert Pate, founded the program. It was... uh, founded on a committee of uh, actual board members that were lifers. These guys formed organizations within prison, and they taught me the ropes and how to start this organization, and I promised them that I would carry it out into society, and so that's what I've done. So uh, we know now that the image program was started in prison. It is now in society in Des Moines, Iowa is our headquarters. Uh, we are uh, a 501c3 nonprofit organization, and our mission statement is to help those who are looking to help themselves against all odds. Now, we, of course, partnered uh, with a lot of different people all over central Iowa. Uh, number one, primarily uh, where I work at is the Evelyn K. Davis Center. So give much props to the Evelyn K. Davis Center. They have not only been uh, employers, but they have also been instructors, uh, education, income, work support, uh, financial assisting, I mean, everything, youth, you name it, they've got it. Financial Empowerment System, uh, Financial Empowerment Center, excuse me. That's also where I've learned a lot of different skills and traits. So I encourage you guys to take advantage of the opportunities that are out here in Des Moines. You know, I I get so many people that call me on the phone. They say, hey, I have a a nephew. I have a son that's looking for a job. And continuously, I I post on my Facebook page. I hand out flyers. I, I put it on the radio. I do commercials. I tell you when these jobs are coming, and oftentimes uh, I don't see a lot of these people at the job fairs. Now, and then they, I'll get another phone call saying, hey, when's the next job fair? I missed it. I mean, this is opportunity. This is something that's important. First of all, anybody coming out of prison should have a job. That's one of the first things that you need to get established is employment. Employment, that's where your finance is at. 
uh, coming out of prison, you know, especially if you were there for selling drugs or whatever it is that, that you were there for. You've got to change if you want to live in society. Okay, you got to make some sacrifices in life. Employment. You got to learn to wake up every morning, go to work, be groomed, be on time, be responsible. And then there's another part of the work process that you have to learn, and that's getting along with others on the job. Now, let me tell you, this is not going to be easy. I go through this. I think every human being goes through this. And there's times that you're going to feel like uh, you want to quit. There's times that you're going to feel like, oh, there's someone on the job site that's pushing you to the edge. Uh, You feel like, you know, it's unfair. You feel like you're being picked on. Whatever it is, there's going to be oppositions that you face on the job. However, employment is the number one need of anyone coming out of the institution. And whether you're coming out of the institution or not, you should have a job anyway. Number two, we have to look at housing. Where are you going to live? Well, we know that without a job, it's going to be almost impossible to live anywhere. Uh, So that's why the job is number one. Now, housing is going to be one of those things that Again, you're going to have to make some sacrifice for those who have never paid rent each month, for those who have uh, never paid a light bill, a gas bill, I mean, a water bill. You know, these are things that you run into. These are situations that you run into when you're trying to be responsible and live on your own. Now, most females, most females learn this at an earlier age than most males, primarily speaking, uh, the African-American culture. Uh, We uh, tend to uh, have to bump our head a few times in order to learn learn some responsibility. So uh, housing, number two. Number three. What is number three? Uh, I would would probably have to say support, family. Uh, Most of us have kids. If you don't have kids, uh, you have to keep your time consumed with positivity. Now, Uh, For those of you who are not Christians, of course, uh, you don't have to be a Christian uh, to be successful. And I want to make sure that I clarify that because I am a Christian man and it's what I believe in and it's what I know to be true. However, I still don't want to make it seem like the image program is all about pushing people into religion because everybody makes mistakes. And uh, once you start getting more on a religious level, political level, people like to to start conflict and start pointing the finger and looking at people's faults and, you know, going back and forth. So we're going to stay away from that part of it, you know, but you have to be able to consume your time. Uh, that's where the job comes into play. You know, I personally don't mind working most of the day or most of the night unless I'm sleeping or spending time with my family because there's nothing else to do. So you have to consume your time with positivity, positive friends. Uh, You know, if you've got some free time, try to think of something that you could be doing uh, positive. It may be uh, reading a book. It could be uh, helping out with your brother or sister, maybe somebody moving. Uh, Anything that you could do in helping somebody is, is also another way to uh, stay positive and consume time. So, ladies and gentlemen, basically, this is a special edition 
image program. And so I'm trying to just give you a little bit of understanding and rundown. We're going to go to a quick commercial. We'll be back after these messages. We are back on the Image Show. This is Robert Pate. You're tuned in to me, and I'm telling you a little bit about the Image Program, uh, how it was founded, giving you some tips and uh, pointers for those who may be coming out of uh, institutions, incarceration, etc. Now, for those of you who may be coming out, may be out right now, fresh out, and you feel like somebody owes you something, well, let me tell you, nobody owes you anything, first of all. Uh, you have to get out there and get it like everybody else did. And that's one of the things that we fall victim to the circumstance of understanding is that we see people driving these fancy cars. We see people who uh, may be living in a nice house and we think, oh, wow, man, I love that. I want to take it. How can I have that overnight? It's not going to come overnight. Okay, those people had to work hard for that. We don't know, uh, you know, what they had to do to get it. But we know that anything honest doesn't come easy. So hard work pays off. Okay, for those of you out there who are looking for somebody to hand you something or to give you something, it's not going to happen. You might get a gift here or there, but you can't rely on that. You can't live on that. You're going to have to get a job. I I keep uh, enforcing that because that's so important. With all the jobs out here in Des Moines, Iowa right now, all over Iowa, there's no excuse for no one to be unemployed. I mean, you can start off, I watched a guy just, and and this was a story, this is a friend of mine, just got out of prison. He started off as a dishwasher at the Hilton downtown. And he is, now this was six months ago he got this job downtown as a dishwasher at the Hilton. He is now working in Concierge, making $17 an hour. He started off at just a little bit over minimum wage. I mean, this was just six months ago. So, you know, there's so many different avenues to take for anyone who's looking to be successful. I want all of my brothers and sisters out there to please take heed to this. And when I say my brothers and sisters, I'm not just talking about uh, African-Americans. You know, I have Caucasians. I have Mexican friends. I have a whole list of different ethnic groups who are all my brothers and sisters, you know, and, and, and so that's what I include when I say that. So I hope that you guys all listen, take advantage of that. Uh, you know, employment is, is so key. And if you think that people have pity on you or you're looking for sympathy, please realize that that is a myth. And the only where that you're going to find that is with somebody who has taken an extra step to despite your feelings and loves you uh, unconditionally. Now, there's not too many people like that in the world. And if there are, there's not necessarily nothing that they can do financially for you anyway. So uh, job, get the job. Next up, topic on the image program. I want to tell you guys a little bit about my story, my case, okay? It all began in 2007. Well, it started uh, way before that, but I'll, I'll kick off in 2007 when my apartment got raided that I was actually, actually it wasn't my apartment, it was a friend's apartment that I was staying in. It got raided, they found three ounces of crack cocaine. I had been selling drugs uh, all night long, okay? Now, they raided the house. Unfortunately, the search warrant did not match the apartment that they were in. They raided the wrong apartment. 
the complex were so the, the apartment numbers were so close to each other that they had actually had a warrant for the apartment next door. Now, <clears throat> they broke in and this was the lead officer was Officer Chad Nicolino in this. And uh, even though I've I've forgiven uh, this officer, I still must let the story let it be heard and, and, and set it straight because it's so important. So they raid the house. Wrong search warrant. They find me in there and they find crack cocaine and they say, well, unfortunately, it doesn't matter that I've got the wrong apartment. Uh, let's take him to jail. Let's, uh, you know, switch the search warrant and uh, let's make this seem like, you know, this was uh, a legal procedure. So I get taken to jail and immediately uh, the feds pick up the case and I'm now sent to detention. And so now that the feds picked up the case, now I'm fighting the federal case. Well, once I told my lawyer that this officer raided the wrong apartment, he immediately Now, this officer, I mean, excuse me, this lawyer already knew that this cop had been caught lying before. And he knew, you know, the whole issue with search warrants and the history of uh, this officer. And so he believed me. And this was I mean, it put so much relief in my heart to know that I had my lawyer believe in me. Now, I told him I was very upfront with him. I said, listen. I was wrong, uh, you know, for what I was doing. I said, but this officer was also wrong for, you know, raiding the wrong apartment building and still going through with it and following through with it and then changing the search warrant once the federal authorities picked it up. I said, and and for those of you out there listening, uh, I encourage you to go look at this case. Uh, Look at my, uh, you know, look this up, uh, please. It's F-E-C-R-227-225, Robert Lee Pate Jr. Now, This is a state case because I'm going to explain the story and get to why this is has become a state case, because once the state dismissed it to the feds, well, after the feds found out that uh, this was a bogus search warrant, then they dismissed it. And the state then turned around and picked the case back up. They refiled charges again after they had just previously dismissed them. And after it was dismissed by the feds. Now, how can something like this happen? What other, where, what other state does this happen in? And for those of you, again, who think that this couldn't be true, again, Robert Pate versus the state of Iowa, FECR 227-225. Look it up. You will see I appealed this thing. But anyway, let me get back to the story. So uh, I get the lawyer. He realizes that uh, there has definitely been an issue with the search warrant after he does his research. He sees three different search warrants in the discovery file. He knew that uh, a judge had uh, signed off on uh, three different warrants. Uh, There was also the warrant that was for the house next door was actually executed like within that week. And anyway, we filed a motion to compel. Uh, They didn't disclose the identity of the confidential informant uh, in the search warrant. So we didn't have we weren't able to compare that. What we were able to compare was the credentials of the confidential informant. So we saw that this now uh, 
bogus search warrant. We seen how it was pretty much uh, manufactured. So we filed the motion to compel and the judge ordered the uh, prosecution to turn over the information of the confidential informant. And that would have been able to prove uh, how they relied on the search warrant uh, to actually get this warrant. Well, the prosecution did not ever receive that information. The federal prosecution never received that information from the state, which meaning Nicolino never turned that information over because he didn't have it. Uh, He uh, fabricated the information uh, on the search warrant for my apartment in which he found me in. And so at any rate, the U.S. attorney moved to dismiss the case because they couldn't produce an informant, which meant that they could never produce that the uh, that the uh, search warrant was valid. So uh, they dismissed the case. And sure enough, uh, I'm still in custody the whole time. And the state then, as the federal prosecution dismisses, they took the U.S. Marshals hold off of me and I was getting ready to get out. They were running me up because I was on parole. They were running me up. Uh, to be released. And sure enough, we find out that the state refiled charges under the same officer, Nicolino. And so uh, through a prosecution, uh, the prosecutor. uh, So he then picks me up from the institution to take me back to be sentenced or to take me back for trial under these charges that have been now, three years later, three years go by. Don't let me forget that either. Uh, so I go back to the county jail and I go through trial and I try to do everything that I did in federal court. They didn't. Uh, everything was dismissed. Uh, everything was denied. All my motions were denied and all my pro se motions were just ignored. They were mad and they sentenced me and I went back to prison and did seven more consecutive years on these charges. So that's now 10 years altogether, including the county jail that I stayed in for 11 months, makes 10 years, 11 months that I served on these charges due to this. And unfortunately, ladies and gentlemen, this was not uh, a very happy moment for me, but I didn't let it get to me, meaning I got to my Bible. Well, wait, we're going to go to quick commercial. I'm going to tell you what I did when we come back. We'll be back after these messages. And we're back on the image show. You're tuned in to the president and founder, Robert Pate. And I'm telling you the story of how some things went down that led to the image show and the image program. So recapping now, uh, I was at the point, where was I at when I was talking? Okay. I was telling you a little bit about, so I was released from, uh, the state custody or back in back to the uh, detainer that the state had put on me. Uh, I went to the county jail and uh, I'm telling for, for those of you who have just tuned in, I'm telling you a little bit about my story as far as how I was actually uh, charged in 2007 uh, by the state and the state then dismissed the charges to the feds. Uh, 
And then the feds dismissed the charges, and then the state refiled the exact same identical charges. Now, some of you may say, well, they can't uh, file the exact same charges. They would have to change the evidence or, or change the, the case or, or do it. No, they didn't change anything. Everything was exactly identical to the original charges three years previously. And so, uh, you know, we filed everything. Again, case number FECR 227225, Robert Lee Pate Jr. versus the state of Iowa. Uh, you can look it up, Supreme Court Appeals. I want you guys to be able to see. Uh, and, and for those of you who may be in county jails, uh, institutions, I want you to, to be able to understand that uh, life is not always fair. And there are some people who actually get sentenced to prison uh, unfairly. Now, am I saying that I was sentenced to prison unfairly? Uh, Yeah, actually I am. However, am I saying that I was guilty of what I was charged with? No, I'm not. I was wrong. And I I needed to go to prison. I needed, that was a place where God obviously got my attention ultimately. And that's what led to my change. However, what I'm saying is two wrongs don't make a right. I was punished for the wrong that I did. Okay, now this officer also uh, was caught fabricating information in a search warrant. Officer Chad Nicolino, he was actually caught doing this. And, you know, he didn't suffer a repercussion as far as what I knew. Now, maybe he did. Uh, Ultimately, I know that he still has to answer to the good man upstairs. And I think that that's why I was blessed throughout this whole ordeal, because I went in and served this time with my head up, with the Lord in my front center. And uh, I tell you, my whole heart, my whole mind, my whole spirit, everything in me changed. It transformed. And that's why I can wake up today and still uh, work out at the YMCA and bench press 405, 425 pounds. You know, that's why I can still do a lot of things. It's because this is where it all started. That's where I was molded and shaped. And it came from uh, structure every day, waking up. Uh, in a routine, respecting people, uh, despite the situation, uh, the food was terrible, and I still went over and ate it, you know, consistently. And I looked at the fact that hey, at least I still have a meal. At least I'm eating something healthy. At least I'm able to to eat this and be able to go work out. I mean, there's benefits uh, to any situation that a man is in. So I continued to fight this case and fight this case and fight it. And I continued to pray and I continued to to uh, seek God. And I was on my knees praying and, 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 and getting around people who were doing positive things, even if it was in prison. You know, I still hung around people who were doing positive things. And ultimately, things begin to change. I knew that there was going to come a day where I was going to be able to get out and God was going to give me the opportunity to take everything that I've learned and put it into practice. And that's what's going on. And for those of you out there right now who are being treated unfairly, and whether you're incarcerated or you're out going through some kind of relationship or family issue, whatever it may be, and you feel like you're just being completely, uh, you're being treated completely unfair and you feel like you're at the end of the rope, I want to tell you, I want to encourage you to continue to believe and have faith. God said, if you could just have faith the size of a mustard seed, you could tell that mountain to jump into the ocean and it's got to go. And I truly believe that. So I told you a little bit about me and the story as far as my incarceration. There was a lot of injustice 
a lot of injustice done and a lot of a lot of uh, violating due process. I mean, all of that was included. However, they still got away with it. <laughs> and I end up doing the time. So, you know, and I'm not going to sit here and cry about it. I made the best out of a negative situation. And you can do that, too. You don't have to be in prison. You could be in a bad relationship. It could be whatever, whatever it is. You might be 16 years old and you feel like your parents aren't treating you right. And you've only got maybe two more years before you graduate and go to college or you're off on your own. You know, I encourage you, if you're a young child out there, you know, to endure the humility. Find some real good, positive people who are doing the right thing and connect, link up to those people. That's what the Image Program is about. And we want all of you out there who are looking to uh, be a part of something positive, we want you to be a part of the Image Program. Uh, and, and so I just felt that this was uh, important to talk about because you guys hear all these different guests on the show. You hear all these uh, different things, events going on. And a lot of times you don't really know much about uh, the history of the image program. And so I, I, I just felt like you needed to know that. So uh, getting on or, or moving on to the criminal case. Eventually, I did appeal. I did lose my appeal. Uh, Christine Branstead was my appeal lawyer, and she felt so bad for me during the time that you know I was incarcerated after looking at all the, the, the history uh, throughout the case. And when I got out, she became one of my main supporters. She is now a sponsor for the Image Program, and she helps us uh, with people who are having uh, problems you know, with, with their cases. Uh, she's been there for us. And so that's what I say. Everything that the devil or what the world meant for evil, God turned around for good. We've got to go to a quick commercial, but I'll be back after these messages. You're tuned in to The Image Show. And we are back on The Image Show, ladies and gentlemen. This special edition, you're tuned in to Robert Pate. And you're listening to my story, my history, and a little bit about the creation of the image program. So, uh, as I was saying, uh, I was uh, definitely treated unethically in my case, and I did not let that stop me from accomplishing my goals. It held me up, but during that process of being held up, it allowed me the opportunity to train. It allowed me the opportunity to train my mind. I mean, I wasn't ready. I didn't even know how to work a job, you know, until I actually went to prison. Now, I'm not saying that prison is for everybody. In fact, I'm trying to prevent all of you from going to prison. Anyone that may be in that situation that may be caught or stuck in that rut, you know, we want to stop that catastrophic movement before it gets to prison. And so hopefully uh, by listening to my voice right now across the airwaves, you know, for those of you who are stuck in that rut, you know, I encourage you to find some help. Uh, there's people, there's community leaders out here uh, in this community. When you go to image program events, uh, when you go to YMCA events, you know, by the way, uh, I want to make sure that you guys realize that there's a major event jumping off on Sunday, June 22nd at the Grub Y. It's the Father's Day cookout. 
or excuse me, the father cookout, fatherhood cookout. And uh, there's going to be a lot of uh, food tasting. There's a contest. I mean, June 22nd from 3 to 6 p.m. Uh, we'll have the commercials all over 98.3. But I mean, this is something that you guys want to attend. Anyway, getting back to my story at hand, positive movement, not letting anything get you down when you are stuck. Uh, prison, rather it be prison, rather it be uh, work, job, girlfriend, relationships, whatever. Whatever situation that you're in, whatever the devil meant for, for evil, God will turn around for good if you allow him to. So I get out of prison. Eventually, after serving my time, it's time to get out. I get out. I immediately hit the ground running. No time to waste. It's all about positivity. It's all about staying on track. It's all about helping. I mean, it's all about moving forward. So that's what we stand for. For those of you who are looking for a job, come see me at the Evelyn K. Davis Center for Working Families. We call the Evelyn K. Davis Center one of the best kept secrets in Des Moines because not too many people are really taking advantage of all the resources that are offered there. I mean, they have the Financial Empowerment Center. Uh, they've got uh, the boot camps, nonprofit boot camps, uh, for-profit boot camps, you know, the business boot camps. You know, there's so much there. For those of you who are looking to, uh, you know, get your, uh, to drive trucks, uh, CDLs, A's, B's. I mean, all that stuff's offered there. You know, the training is, is offered and it's all at no cost. So I encourage you to, to get involved and use the resources that are around you. For those of you uh, who may be a little shy, who, who may not know how to use computers, there's a computer literacy class taught open to the public at the Evelyn K. Davis Center. Every single Wednesday from 2 p.m. to 4 p.m., Quajo Tillman, uh, he teaches that class. I mean, if you're old, you know, if you're you're a little slow, I mean, get out, get, get involved. You know, we want to help you. And there's people out here that are willing to help, but we can't force it on you. So, uh, again... Uh, my name is Robert Pate. I am the president and founder of the Image Program, and I'm just trying to give all the listeners and viewers out there a little understanding uh, of of me. I know you hear my voices on the radio. I know that you, you know, some people are probably just a little curious. And so, you know, if anyone wants to get in touch with me, if you would like to donate uh, to the Image Program, if you'd like to to make an in kind donation, if if you would just, if you need some help, if you just like to talk, whatever it is. Give me a call, 515-326-5498, or go to the website at www.image4lives.com. We would like to hear from you. For those of you who are starting uh, your own nonprofit organizations, give me a call. We'd love to have you out here on the show. We'd love to put you on the air and uh, you know tell the people about what you're doing. Positive change in the community. That's what we stand for. That's what we're about. And I encourage you not to miss the exciting event at the Evelyn K. Davis Park on July 13th. That's on a Saturday. We're going to invite everyone out. We're going to have barbecue. We're going to have good food. It's all going to be love. It's all going to be free. I mean, and we're talking about quality food. You know, we're not just feeding you, you know, stuff that we would feed the pigeons. We want to make sure that you're eating a good quality meal for the summertime. And the good thing about it is that whenever 
I host events like this, I notice that the community just comes together. When they see that a person's doing something out of their heart, when they see that they're doing something for free, all of a sudden I get these calls. Hey, I work with uh, such and such. I'd be willing to help. You know, this would be a great uh, thing for the community. I'd love to help. I, and the first thing that I tell them, well, we're doing this at no cost. You know, we're doing this for free. We want to make sure that these people are able to eat quality food for free. And the first response that I get is, oh, that's great. I think that you're doing a great job. I would love to help. Yeah, I've got plenty of food to offer for free. And I mean, and everything just starts falling right into place. People start coming with chairs. Uh, people start coming with tables, barbecue pits, charcoal. And you look up and I think to myself, wow, these people help me out uh, more than family, friends, and, and, and what it was, was it was the camaraderie that they see and the love that they see. And there's people out here that are willing to help you. If you're looking for help, there are people out here willing to help you. So stay tuned to The Image Show. Stay tuned to The Image Program, 98.3 The Vibe, every Sunday morning from 9 a.m. to 10 a.m. You can catch me, Robert Pate, live on the air, and you can hear all of the upcoming events. Uh, You can hear about some of Des Moines' hottest events coming up and learn some inside scoop, hear about people who are coming out of prison who are making positive changes now in the community. That's what we're about. Ladies and gentlemen, listen, I hope that you have had a great time this morning listening to me. There's so much more to my story, but I felt like this was a time for us to kind of come together, have some communion this morning and kind of bring it back for all of my image members out there. I love you guys. For those of you who are in the county jail, the Polk County Jail, for those of you who are in Mitchellville, all the institutions around that are listening this morning, I want to let you know that I pray for you all the time. I I, I pray for you at least three times a week, maybe if not more. And if there's ever anything that we can do for you as far as the image program we would love to uh, go to the website uh, you you can go to our mentors and we've got a, a group of people that are always willing to help uh, that are always willing to assist so uh, we just ask that you stay in touch with us uh, we ask that you continue to keep listening to the show as we continue to bring more guests we're going to have tavian banks on the show next week and we actually had him scheduled this week but uh, for some reason he canceled and so he said that uh, he would reschedule for next week so we're going to talk with him former Iowa Hawkeye football player uh, also NFL player and he is doing some good things in the community but ladies and gentlemen we're out of time this morning so I want to say thank you for joining us and stay tuned to the image show we'll see you next week have a great day